A reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Working together with him, then we entreat you not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time I have listened to you and helped you in the day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, through great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, hunger, thy purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet are true, as unknown, and yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live, as punished, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be God, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Saving Words of the Gospel Well, today in our spiritual pilgrimage of Lent, which used to begin today, the first Sunday of Lent used to be the beginning of Lent, and then they added, add, days were added along the way to kind of round out the number, uh, 40 before the tree to and so forth, it's complicated. But uh, this used to be the beginning of Lent, and uh, today, it, it was very fitting that the, that the first station, Roman Station Church of Lent, would be the Cathedral of Rome itself, St. John Lateran which is where eventually all the, the new prospects for the church would come the, to be baptized. The catechumens would eventually come to St. John Lateran and its great baptistry, and this is where they would enter the church. So they start here, and um, then they go to the different stations uh, during the whole time, and we can go with them. Um, with a bit of a spirit of a catechumen, always being open to learning new things about the faith and about ourselves. And this is a very important thing to always to examine ourselves, to know who, who we are. Now we hear in our gospel reading today that, oh, by the way, that long tract that we had, the tract is the chant that following the gradual that substitutes for the Alleluia, which we don't use until uh, the vigil. And um, 
that we had a you know much longer you know tract today. It was it was really quite long, and that goes back to the time when we didn't have just a verse or two of something for an antiphon. They would sing the whole psalm, which is one of the reasons why I I try to get uh, people to you know when they see an antiphon, they have to remember that the antiphon itself is just a hook. When you when you hear a line of scripture, when the, when people heard a line of a line of a psalm, they knew what psalm it was from. They knew the psalm. They knew the context. They knew the whole psalm, what the psalm was trying to communicate. And so that one or two lines would bring the whole psalm to their mind. And that's one of the reasons uh, um, why why I talk about that. You got to go look at the psalm. You got to look at the context. Context is important. Well, what is our context now? The Lord is in the wilderness. So right away, especially with that number 40 that's there, we think of the people in the wilderness, in the wilderness for 40 years. The, uh, a whole generation, 40 is a generation, and a generation had to pass until after the sin of the golden calf incident. And so this is they're out there for 40 years, so that whole generation would pass. They had to be, the people had to be purified of the people who had done that, you see. And so immediately um, this calls to mind the fact that the Lord is the new Moses in a new exodus, which is one of the reasons why he has, he has uh, 12 disciples, one for each of the different tribes. And 40 is a time of testing and purification, um, just as the 40 days uh, uh, associated with Elijah the 40 days and nights associated with Noah and the purification of the world with the flood and so forth. So here is the Lord in the wilderness, uh, the wilderness of 40. And so here we are, and the Lord, the, he is driven out, he is taken out, what does he see? He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he goes out there to be tempted by the devil. In the Greek, there's an there's an aorist passive infinitive in there. And it, and it and the aorist in this indicates it's kind of a purpose for the, for the thing to be done to him. And so it's not just he was out there, you know, fasting and praying. It was, the devil just happened to run into it. No, this had to be done. It was something that had to be done in the beginning of the Lord's ministry. Something had to be taken care of. There was business to take care of with the devil before the Lord's ministry really got underway. Remember, we're very early in, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew here. So what happens? The Lord is tempted three times. Well, this is to demonstrate how the Lord is not just the new Moses. He is also the new Adam. Because Adam and Eve had a threefold temptation. In Genesis 2, Adam and Eve had been forbidden to eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, not even to touch it, lest they would die. And so the serpent comes, the tempter comes, and says, Oh no, you will be like God if you if you take the if you take the fruit. This is why he doesn't want you to have it, you see. And so there are three different things then that Eve recognizes in the tree. She looks at the tree and she sees that it's good for food. It's really a beautiful tree. It's a delight to the eyes. And it and the food and it, it will make one wise. 
So these three different things that are the aspect of the, the, the fruit of the tree is good for the tree is good for food, it's a delight to the eyes, and it brings knowledge and wisdom. Well, these are the root causes of all sins. And and we have uh, a description of this in the first letter of John in chapter two. We John talks about lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So lust of the flesh is the disordered desire for pleasure, such as eating something that's forbidden. The lust of the eyes is the desire to possess something which doesn't belong to us. So that's an a disordered way of desiring to possess a thing. And it's interesting, too, that, that it's just a, a fact of human nature. It's a fact of human nature that you tend to if you look at something long enough, you tend to want it. Which is one of the reasons why we have to have what what is called custody, guardianship. We have to guard our eyes. We have to have custody of the eyes. And be careful about what we look at, especially look at for a long time. You know, seeing something and looking away is one thing. You know, it's really too bad that we can't unsee things. But, uh, you know, that's the way things are. So there's lust of the flesh. There's lust of the eyes, the desire to possess that which doesn't belong. And then that pride of life. Now, the pride of life is really a disordered self-love that places ourself in the place of God. And if you know, it, it's put in terms of knowledge or wisdom or something like that here. And to be, to be like God's Elohim is what, what it said, I think the serpent says in, in in uh, in Hebrew in, in Genesis two, it's a it's a vanity. Um, there's a, a there's an interesting sin called curiositas. It's a disordered desire to know and to know everything, to be in the know, which is really a reflection of self love. It's a self pride. See how see how wonderful I am. I am in the know. Even if you're not necessarily out there sharing your vast knowledge with someone else, it's a it's a kind of a revelation of oneself to be in the know. So we have this threefold temptation of the tree, which is good for food and delight to the eyes and to give one knowledge or make one make one wise. So we have these three tempt temptations with Eve and Adam, and they fell. Well, here we have the same three temptations with the Lord to, that have to be undone by him because he's the new Adam. So he refuses the lust of the flesh and refusing to change stones to bread so he can eat because he's hungry. He has the, he, he refuses the, the, he refuses to, to the, the desire to possess when he refuses to take all of the all of the kingdoms. He refuses to put someone else in the place where God should be, when he refuses the worship of of it's hard even to say it, to refuse the worship of of Satan. Uh, in other words to to worship something other than God, which is what pride of life does. We put ourselves in the place where, where God is supposed to be. So he undoes those through the three temptations, which are the fall of our first parents, the fall of the entire human race, are undone by the Lord at the beginning of his ministry. And so he goes out into the desert, to, into the wilderness, to, 
to undo these things. It's a, a remarkable example also of uh, self-denial. The Lord, remember, the Lord emptied himself. The Word, the eternal Word, the Son, emptied himself of glory to take the form of a servant for our sake. There was a terrific self-denial. Every moment of his existence in this world, in the flesh, in his earthly ministry, was a moment of self-denial. At the time of the transfiguration, he let just a little bit of his divine splendor show out through his flesh before his disciples. Just a little, just a just a smidge, shall we say, of his of his divinity shine forth through his flesh. And so every moment of the Lord's time here was a time of self-denial. But then it, you can see how self-denial is important for our Lenten journey. If we look at how the Lord's passion went, eventually he gave up not just the ability to show through his, his, his divinity through his flesh, but also he was bound and taken to where he didn't want to go. He was eventually uh, stripped of his of his legal rights and his and all of his dignity. He at the end, because of the way the Romans crucified people, he didn't even have any he didn't have any clothing. And then he gave up the thing most precious to him in the whole world, his mother, by entrusting her to John. He is totally without anything, any material good or even human relations when he's there on the cross. It's total self-denial. So if that is the Lent and the tree to him for the Lord, then how much more should aspects of self-denial be for us. Adam and Eve didn't practice any self-denial in their fall, according to the threefold temptation, you know, before the tree. Well, the new Adam shows us the way, and part of the way is, of course, self-denial. So it's entirely fitting that we have this, we have this reading here at the beginning of, of Lent for Matthew 4. Read the beginning of Lent, because this was the beginning of Lent once upon a time. It's very, very important that we have this and um, to teach us, uh, teach us the way to enter into, into Lent, to give us the proper spirit of, of self-denial. And a self-denial that really means something. I heard the other day that a rather famous Catholic um, out there in the public square uh, went so far this year as to... Uh, Oh, he went so far in this year as to give up ice cream. Imagine, imagine the imagine the shock to one's life of giving up ice cream, especially when you, uh, you know, in the energy that he can give you in in the support of all that pro-abortion legislation and, and, and pushing a contraceptive and abortion uh, agenda on nations that might need foreign aid. Imagine. The self-denial, the spirit of self-denial, so amazing. No, imagine what a what a horrible thing, what a what an act of self-denial it is to give up chocolate. No, I'm of course being ironical. No, we have to when we when we practice some self-denial, it should be really something that makes a difference.
Credo in unum Deo, Padre Omnipotente, Pactorum Celie, Terre, Visibilium Omnium et Invisibilium, et in unum Dominum, Iesum Christum, Filium Deo Unigenitum, et ex Padre in Aromati Omnia Secula, Deum de Deo, Lumine Lumine Deo Vero, de Deo Vero, Genitum non Pactum, Consubstantiale Patri, Pequem Omnia Pactusum, qui propria nos homines, et propria nosum salutum decendit in Celis, et incarnatus est di Spiritus Santo, ex Maria Virgine, et Homo Pactus est, Crucibixus et Siam Prologis, Supposio filato passus et sepultus et, et resurrexe cerce die secundo scrituras, et ascendit in cielum sede de dexero patris, et ite nomenturus as cum gloria iudicare vivos et mortuos, cuius reni non ed infinis. Et in spiritum sanctum, dominum et vivificantum, quis patri filioque procedi, qui cum patri filio simula redatur e conglorificatur, qui locutus est per profetas, et unam sanctam catolicam, in apostolicam ecclesiam, quod filiorum baptisma, in remissione peccatorum, et expecto resurrectione mortuorum, et vita venturi seculi. Amen. Dominus obisum, oremus, scapoli suito con gravi tibi dominus, et supendis eius speravis, scuto circundri te veritas eius.